is a topic that I was actually going to do as my first ever podcast episode because I feel like I've and I it's it's egotistical to say that I feel like I've experienced more failure than someone else I don't know whether it's egotistical because it's a negative thing but I do think that I have experienced a lot of failure in my life and from a young age um and I think that although it's like oh my god failure is so unbearable it's so humiliating sometimes and it's so embarrassing like it's the main thing is that it damages your ego like your ego gets such a big knock when you fail at something but I feel like again like I make these episodes with the intention of that this is something that I would have wanted to hear when I was dealing with all the difficult emotions that come when you fail or when you have a perceived failure Failure is just completely built up to be something different in each of our minds. It's curated by your own mind. You set these expectations for yourself and then if you fail to reach them, then that's what you consider to be failure. And this could be anything. This could be like a personal challenge. This could be a behavioral. This could be career. This could be sporting. could be social. could be within family it could be like society you know if you think that you need to be a certain place and at a certain age and then you haven't reached that then that could be failure but it's all defined so differently in our minds and that means that it's experienced it's it's experienced differently between everyone but I think it's such a common thing that especially when you when you get older I think that failure can sort of roll off you when you're a kid Um, and that's like a good thing because children probably couldn't handle like the overwhelming like life shattering failure that you experience as you become an adult and I think that's a good thing but I think that failure is because it is so personal to you and what I could find to be failure is completely different to what someone else finds to be failure that means that you feel so alone in that emotion you feel so isolated you feel inconsolable when it happens to you people will always say to you like oh but we're still so proud of you or or you'll do it next time or you came so close you know and that is lovely that people say that to you but it can be so unhelpful when you're actually in it when you when the only thing that could console you in that situation is actually achieving the thing that you that you failed to achieve but um having said that I think that Failure is such an amazing opportunity opportunity to learn. That's definitely how I have had to look back at the times that I failed, both recent and in my upbringing when I was younger. It's really interesting. Like, it's something that you learn when you become an adult that, like, failure is something that you're going to experience every, like, every year you're going to experience a massive failure for one reason or another and that could that frequency can vary you know you could experience failure back to back to back to back to back and my heart goes out to you I've definitely been there but or you could not experience failure in you know a couple years and then it hits you you know but it's a everyone feels failure like you can't avoid failure if you if you avoid failure then you're not actually living your life there's that my friend will always say if you're not living on the edge then you're taking up too much space which is crack up but when you actually think about it it makes a lot of sense you know like if you're not actually trying new things and risking failure then you're not actually pushing the envelope out very far you're staying so far within your comfortable zone comfort zone 
that you're not actually going to be pushing yourself into any opportunity for change. Like if you're not risking failure, then you're not actually trying anything new. Like can you can you actually imagine if you just lived your life avoiding failure at all costs? They even say that, I don't know why I said that so weird, at all costs. Maybe I just do say that weird. Yeah, anyway, I, I'm going to talk about failure today. Talk about how I have failed, how I've experienced failure in my life, how, um, yeah, how I've experienced failure, the times that I've failed in my life. I'm going to talk about that today because... I've failed so many times and they've been massive like they have shaped my life completely knocked me off the trajectory that I thought I was going to be on um and have been pretty life altering but and hu like hugely embarrassing like so embarrassing but I think that me talking about the times that I've failed will make it should make everyone feel a lot better about the perceived failure that they're going through right now or whatever sort of motivated them to click on this episode I think that me talking about my failures is hopefully going to make you feel a lot better because we've all been there and it can it can feel like you've just been completely knocked off your you just like the legs have been taken out from underneath you and it's humiliating and it's embarrassing because you think that other people are all so focused on this failure that you've experienced and they're so focused on um you think that people are looking at you and being like oh my god you know she failed they failed he failed but in reality it's like just in your brain so much of it is just in your brain um and then if you haven't been through a failure recently or you haven't experienced failure which maybe this can inspire you to to risk failure to actually go out and try something that is going to that, the op that the, there's the possibility of failure because I feel like if you go push it, push the boat out and try fail at something, then like the worst, you're already prepared for the worst case, case scenario. You're already prepared to fail. So you may as well just go out and try, try fail. And if you succeed, then it's like, well, no one saw that coming. Like <laughs> you may as well. So that's my intention for this episode. So first I want to talk about failure in sport and when I think of failure this is the the I listed out all the times I'd failed and I didn't even intend for it to have like a focus on sport first and then career second but sport was the overwhelming majority of the times that I failed which is really interesting I mean I I th feel like I could have told you that but I've never actually sat down and and looked at the biggest failures that I've had in my life and seeing that trend but I guess it kind of makes sense um and when I say failure I have accepted that it's a failure I'm okay with the fact that it's a failure it's a failure in the sense that I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve or that I didn't actually get to do what I wanted to do or um I didn't succeed in the way that I define it so I know that my mom's going to be listening to this mom I know that I know that to other people they might not seem to be failures or to other people they might seem like the biggest failure they've ever heard of but to me it was a failure and to me it made a huge difference impact in my life and um it sort of knocked me in a way that like a loss or not achieving something I wanted to achieve you know minor things didn't quite impact me the way that these massive failures have and so that's why I define it as a failure. 
But the first one is in my primary school. So I was like 12, no, younger, probably like 10, 10, 11, 12, I will say. So for their three years, 10, 11, 12, when you're like a senior in primary school in Australia, you do compulsory cross country. And it's like three kilometres that you have to run or maybe two kilometres. Like it's it's cross country for like little kids. But it was a big thing in my school. Like everyone everyone had to participate when you were younger. And then as you got older, it kind of became this like big event and the whole school had to go watch. Um, and you went to this park and it was the same park every year. And it was like this big thing when you're like 10 years old, you know. When you're 10 years old, you literally think it's a marathon running that far. And it's, like, so funny to think of now. You run, you could run, like, three kilometres in about, like, I don't know, you could probably run it in about 20 minutes max. But when you're younger, it literally feels like a lifetime because you probably take, like, 40 minutes to run it. But I remember it being... This is, like, the first time I can ever think of having a failure, experiencing failure, or knowing what that sensation felt like of just, like, letting myself down or not achieving what I wanted to achieve. But I was, like, 10, 11, or 12... And for those three years, every single year, this girl, I won't say her name, but it's clear as day in my mind, she beat me every single year at this cross-country event. Oh, my God, it was just so intense, that feeling of just, like, I remember my parents would be, like, so proud of me and my friends would be like, oh, my God, good job. Like, you know, top, could not get it out of my head. that No matter what I did, she was just always that, like, step ahead of me. And it seemed so effortless. It seemed like she could honestly run this race like like a training run but to me it was like the most I'd ever ever physically exerted myself ever in my life and I remember just thinking when I was younger like damn like this how can I be doing my absolute best I think that's the thing with failure is that if you do you know people say like you just do your best and that'll be you know that's all you can do I think that's why it's so difficult sometimes is that you'll do your absolute best and you just that's just not enough and wrapping your head around the fact that like your best is not enough is like oh my god you're just like what the you know what am I supposed to do from here then but she she's yeah she smashed me every single year that is just the the earliest memory of experiencing failure and then the second time is I never through my primary school whole primary school experience not once did I make the football team so in my school, so I've played football since I was like five or six years old. It's always been, it was always my like main sport that I did growing up. Um, all my friends played it, my brother played it, all his friends played it. Like it was just sort of the sport that within my little group, um, that's the sport that was played. And so I'd played it for a few years by the time primary school came around. And I, at my school, we had like a netball team, a football team and an AFL team. This is in Australia. And the trial for those and all the teams were co-ed. So like boys and girls, we, there was one team, boys and girls in the football team, boys and girls in the AFL and then boys and girls in the netball. Trials for this team was on the same day. So you could only really choose whether you were going to do three, like one of those sports. And the catch is, is that since there's only one day to trial and there's only one team for each, if you don't make one of those teams, if you don't make the team that you've trialled for, then you just don't get sport for that year. Um, and to me, that was like a death sentence. I was like, there's no way I'm not having a sports team for this year. But when it came to year, when I was like 
10 years old or 11 years old. And the first time the trial came around, I was like, well, I'm going to trial for the football team. Like, there's no way on earth that I'm, you know, trialing for any other team. And the way that it works, you know, because it's boys and girls team, especially on the, like, netball team, there was heaps of girls in there. And the AFL team was, like, boys and girls equally balanced. But the football team had, like, three girls got in, which is, you know, the boys are just a lot better, so it's just kind of how it worked. There was, like, three spots for girls, basically. And so it was just notoriously difficult to get on this football team. And I'm aware that I'm speaking of, like, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old's football team, and it's not that serious, but failure is, failure is what's the word, relative. And this, this knocked me. And so I tried for this team, and I felt like I did my absolute best. And so then the following day, when they put the teams up after the trial, there was, like, this notice board in our school and there was like a pin board and they would pop the teams up on like one sheet and every single year like three years I tried out not once was my name ever on that team list and it knocked me so hard I remember going home and crying and crying and every year and by the time the third year came around I was like I went to see that board and my name was not on there but I I'd expected it like at that point I just knew that I was not going to be on that team ever and it felt I think it's you know I was just I was doing my best I was a little 12 year old girl like doing my best trying to be as good as I could and and even when I had gone to high school whenever I auditioned for something or trialed for something or put my name in to get into a certain team or group or squad or whatever every single time I would go to read out and they like post the list online or um, shared the team list every single time I would just premeditate that I, my name wasn't going to be on there because I'd just gotten it in my head. I'd created this narrative for myself that I just never got picked, that I never got on the team I wanted to get on, that I was never good enough to make the teams that I wanted to. And that is something that's so common. If you over and over fail to make the team, fail to make the squad, fail, make, fail to make the group, don't get chosen for something that you try for, don't get the job you wanted. It's so easy to get in this repetitive cycle and tell yourself this narrative over and over that you just don't get what you ask for, you don't get what you trial for, you're not good enough to make the team. Like It's, it's so easy to get stuck in that narrative. Um, and then you're, I mean, if you believe in the power of like manifestation and the power of your mind, thinking over and over and expecting something to happen um, and preparing yourself for something to happen, that's powerful. Like you're going to will that into existence. You're going to create this self-fulfilling prophecy for yourself. And obviously at like 12 years old, I had no clue what that was. And I was just thought that I was say preparing myself or protecting myself by expecting the outcome of these events expecting the outcome of um me not being good enough to make a certain team you know I sort of I guess I was just willing that into existence and then I'd see my name not on the list I'd be like well yeah of course like this is my luck or this is what happens to me I never get on the team I want um and I think if you um I think everyone can relate whether it's like you're a musical person or whether you're you're an academic person when you're younger and definitely if you're a sporty person you know there's so many different opportunities where you have to get chosen for teams or where you put your name put your hand up to be chosen for something and then for one reason or another you don't get chosen and it really hurts because that's all you wanted you know as a kid um, if that happens repetitively enough then it's really difficult to actually start believing that you're capable of 
being chosen for something that you want, you know. It's so easy to get stuck in a cycle of telling yourself that you're never going to get chosen, you know, and you won't make the team or you're not good enough or other people are better or you don't have a good chance, then after a while you're you're going to just give up. Like, that's that's so understandable. If you're young and that happens to you a lot, like, that makes a lot of sense, I think understanding that that's a completely natural thought process to go through that happens to everyone like they say that Michael Jordan didn't get picked for his high school basketball team like you know I'm sure he had a moment where I was like well you know screw this maybe I'm not a basketball guy you know I would have definitely had a thought that maybe I'm not a I'm not a football girl I'm not actually good enough at sport to get into the teams that I want because that happened frequently enough for me to I'm sure I don't remember it I don't remember it, you know, because it was years ago and I was super young, but I'm sure that I had that thought process even as a little kid, like, oh, well, I'm not I'm not good enough to get into this team, so I won't get into the team. But it's so common and it's so frequent and it happens to everyone. So sitting there the next time that you fail at something and you think, this only happens to me, this has only happened to me, but that sort of goes back to the self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like if you think that this is what happens to you, you think that that's your narrative, you think that that's just who you are, you don't get picked on teams, you don't get chosen for the group you want, you don't get you don't get the things that you work hard for and that happens to you, then I think it's so easy to get caught in that cycle of like, well, I may not even try. I might just give up, I might not bother. And young little Laura for sure thought that that was her narrative and I thought that until... You know, luckily, um, I had the network around me, like parents, siblings, friends who were like, trial again with me next year. Like, give it a go, you know, like pick yourself up, go again. It's fine. You're young. You'll bounce back. It doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. You'll get through it. It's going to be OK. I'm sure I had people around me saying that to me. Yeah. So that's the that's the moving on from when I was 12 years old. Now, this is the first time like the the examples I've spoken about before are relatively kosher examples of failure you know I didn't invest significant amounts of time into training for these trials I mean I played like every weekend and and during the week just like any other kid but I didn't invest significant amounts of time and effort and, and money and energy into trying to achieve that you know as you do when you're 12 years old you don't particularly invest that much into into the school sports team but when I was 17 oh when I was 15 15 seems really young 15 what year are you in year the end of year nine no the end of year 10 10 to 11 11 to 12 12 to 13. yeah the end of year 10 I think you're I think you're 14 or 15 so when I was 14 or 15 I started rowing and I loved it like I think if anyone has done rowing or if you know someone who's done rowing it's very easy to fall in love with the sport I think you feel so special and you're part you feel like you're part of something really special when you start doing rowing because it's so much time your crewmates become like your family because you spend so much time with them your coach is so passionate about you succeeding that it becomes difficult to not share that passion within school you're sort of labeled well within my school you're sort of labeled as a rower and so then you know everyone wants to be seen and heard and part of something when you're younger and when you're an adult and so being part of this like massive crew of people all working towards the same goal 
um, when you're young and you've never actually sort of experienced that sort of like collegiate group spirit before is really incredible and you become like obsessed with it you know it's like intoxicating you um, you love the fact that you have this like new identity you love that you have something so special to work towards and so I I naturally just got so invested in it and um, a couple of years after I began rowing, a goal of mine, you know, when you're when you when you begin rowing, you're kind of like, oh, I want, I want medals, I want to win races. But as you progress through rowing and you've won a few races, the goal, I mean, my goal shifted to getting chosen for the national junior rowing team. My coach sort of suggested that maybe it could be a goal that I work towards and like you know you admire your coach you look up to your coach if you have that sort of relationship and so immediately I was like oh yeah like that's my goal I'm going to work towards that and so for the entirety of my second rowing year second year rowing that was like the goal that I worked towards you know every time I was really struggling um every time I didn't want to train or I was exhausted or um, I was mentally, physically just drained. That was sort of the reminder that I had to keep in my mind to keep me going. That was the one thing that got me up for training. That was the one thing that pushed me through the last set of sprints or that was the wind in my sails was the fact that I could have this opportunity, opportunity to represent New Zealand, put on the fern, like, you know, that was, that was my ultimate goal that I worked towards. And when that is something that like gets you up in the morning or gets you through your most difficult times, you invest so much energy into that. You invest so much. You put all like all your eggs in that basket. All like all your success um, is banking on achieving that. Almost a defining yourself by your ability to achieve that goal. I know I definitely did when I was um, running, doing training, doing fitness training. I would always imagine myself like getting the call or getting the getting the message that I'd been invited to trial for this junior New Zealand rowing team. Like that was the thing that I kept in my mind at all times for a year. What I was trying to say, sorry, this is me editing. I just wanted to jump in and say this, that what I'm trying to say is that I allowed it I allowed all my self worth to be determined by my ability to achieve this goal which now that I'm older and have been through this sort of stuff I realize how unhealthy it is to put your self-worth in something that you have no control over ultimately I wasn't the person who could decide whether I was on the team or not I could do my best but I couldn't decide and so um, I think that's what I'm trying to articulate but I'm not really achieving it so I hope this makes sense my coach knew that that was sort of the goal that I was working towards every time I was on an erg and I was really struggling he would always sort of like mention like you know trials is your goal work towards that push through now the other people that you're competing with are for that spot that you're trying to make they're working hard right now so you need to match that um and also, you know, when I'd be in a race, my coxswain would mention like, all right, Laura, here's, you know, I want, I want you to push now. I want to feel how much you want this junior New Zealand rowing team spot. Um, I want to be able to feel that. And that was, you know, so the people around me knew that this was something that could be used as a tool to motivate me because it was, had such a hold on me. Um, the possibility of making this junior New Zealand rowing team had such a hold on me because 
it's all I wanted. And so at the after the final race of my season, after the final competition, that was when the list of the trial team of the people who had been invited to trial was released. My name was on the list, which was sort of a relief because obviously if I wanted to make the team, I had to be invited to trial first. That was sort of the first hurdle I needed to get over. But that sort of was just step one. That was not the end of it. Um, and so the following week, you lived on a, on a campus, on a complex, racing against your competitors and living and eating and sleeping all in the same area. Um, and it was incredibly mentally challenging. Come the final day, you sort of have a roughly, roughly good idea of how things are going to go. Similar to how football team in, in primary school, they read out the list of, of who made the team and it's very black and white. My name wasn't on the list. And I had honestly felt like my heart had fallen out of my chest. Like I, I, I felt just weak. I felt like someone had punched me in my soul, you know. Um, it was completely and utterly, I can't even think of the word. It was, I think it was, it wasn't even embarrassing, I think, that that came later. Um, it was just, just overwhelming failure. Um, I feel like I had let myself down. I feel like I had let my rowing team down and my coach down. I was humiliated because I knew that I would have to go back to my rowing team who all knew that I had made the trial you know the the list was public was posted publicly um and it was just humiliating you know um no it was just it was just an overwhelming failure I didn't really know what to do with myself I um I you know you sort of go back and you think over every every little detail you could have done differently every time you could have worked harder and ultimately um you realize that you know months down the track after I'd picked apart every little piece of my training every little thing I'd done that week um every performance I'd done you know you you pick apart everything and ultimately what I had to dis what I had to come to the decision of is that I I had done my best but my best was just simply not enough. There were people who were better than me and performed better on the day and were better equipped to do the job that I didn't do. And you have to kind of find peace in that, you know. I think that is something that you can find a lot of peace in, that you've done, you have done your best because there's actually nothing more you can do in that situation. You know intuitively, you know in your soul when you've done your best because you will find peace with it ultimately. If you've half-assed something and then failed a result, as a result of it or failed because it wasn't um, good enough, then it's a lot more difficult to find peace in that, which sort of goes back. People always say, go do your best because ultimately you get a lot, you find a lot of peace in that. And then if you've done your best, you can move on. You know, you can kind of tie a bow in it and, and move on and know that um, that was the best thing you could have done in that situation. And on the day, you just, you know, you just, you just weren't what they wanted. You know, I ultimately realized that I just, there were other people, you know, there were phenomenal people that I had trialed with who were just simply better. 
Um, what else helped is that I had the following year to to come back and train and and make the team the following year. And so even more so than I had that year, the following year I worked so hard to make sure that I had made the team the following year. Additional trainings, you know, my coach, he sort of said to me, well, if that didn't, if that wasn't enough, then we need to step it up and we need to do everything we can to make sure that we, that we get, that you, that you make the team. Again, that sort of meant that my, my worth my self-worth and my self-esteem and my um, achievements, no, not my achievements, my, yeah, definitely my self-worth and my self-esteem was even more so balancing on me making this team the second year. And again, you know, as the week went on, as this trial week went on, I felt so proud of the work that I was doing and the, um, the rowing that I was doing. And then I woke up on the day and there's moments in your life that you can just remember so clearly. I could, you know, I can watch this day back like it's a movie in my head. Um, And it's cruel that your brain does that. You know, you can only really remember those moments that are just like earth shattering. Um, But spoiler alert, I wake up on the day and I woke up at about 5 a.m. and I'm in a bunk bed in the same bunk room as like all the girls that I'm competing against and just started crying. I just felt it like on a cellular level. I felt it in my heart, in my soul, in my brain, in my body. I just knew that I didn't make the team and it was just like the failure that I'd felt the the year previous. I just intuitively knew that I hadn't made the team. As the day went on, we all sit down outside and the list, the team list gets read out. I remember clearly I, I heard that my name didn't get read out and then I just walked off. I just walked away. I think my brain went into like survival mode of like, you're about to experience the most earth shattering failure you're ever going to experience. Like let's get away from everyone and then we can properly process this. And I walk we're outside in a like a in the in a park near the complex that we stayed and I just walked to the nearest tree which is like 200 meters away just sat down in the dirt behind this tree you know hiding myself from everyone and just just sobbed like just absolutely felt like a a tsunami wave had just washed over me of, of complete and utter failure and it was insane. Like, I could not breathe. I was in that much physical pain from experiencing that. You know, there was nothing... At that point, there was nothing I could have done to um, change that outcome. I could have, couldn't have made the team again because I had reached the, the age limit. You know, I was under 18s and the junior team was only under 18s. So I was never going to have that opportunity to make that team again. I'd been preparing for this one test for two years and then I've I failed um and I think that no matter whether you're a sports person whether you're a creative whether you're an academic whether you're all three whether you're two whatever whether you're neither you will experience a time when you work so hard and you give everything you can and you fail at it and you think that because you've given everything you have and you've dedicated your whole life, then you will, that you, that it would be the right thing, that that's how the world works, that you achieve that. But sometimes it's just not. And 
what's crazy is that something that I can reflect on now and something that I know now is that the reason why that all happened, the reason why even though I thought I had done everything possible, that I couldn't do anything more, that this was the destined outcome, that I should make this team, that I should be chosen. I know now that it just wasn't what was meant for me. Um, I think that people say that everything happens for a reason. And if I were to, if I were to see how my life would have continued on had I taken that path, had I been selected on that path, um, my life would have been completely different. I mean, I obviously don't know that, but I feel like that is such a comforting thought when you experience such earth-shattering failure that you know that ultimately that just was not meant for you. That's kind of like even if you think of it in a relationship sense, you can feel like someone is entirely meant for you. You can think in your head that you two are meant to be together, that like this is what is right, this is what's going to be, this is the perfect outcome that this is going to benefit. You may think that it's going to benefit them as well as you. You think that it might be right for so many reasons, but ultimately it doesn't happen. It doesn't come to fruition because it's just not right. And you won't be able to see that at the time, but you will be able to, like I can now, being able to get through this story without crying is an achievement in itself, but you will be able to look back in hindsight and know that and see how and why that did not work out and you'll be able to find peace with that you know as you as you get older if you can think of the most recent time that you've experienced failure maybe it's not long enough now for you to look back in with hindsight and understand why that happened or why you experienced that or why that didn't work out you know why that relationship didn't work out why that job didn't work out why um, you didn't get chosen for something that you thought you were best suited for, you thought you were amazingly suited for. Um, ultimately, it's just because you're being re-guided on your path that you've, you've got something better out there for you. Um, I know that, you know, the path that that would have led me down if I had been chosen for that team and, you know, the opportunities that that would have opened up for me would have been incredible, but it wasn't meant for me. And if it was meant for me, then then I would have been chosen on that team. You know, I, I did everything I could have possibly done. The ball was no longer in my court. It was ultimately in another person's or in the universe or whatever you choose to believe. Um, and I think that that can be really difficult to digest, but it helped me so much. Like sometimes there will be things that you do succeed in and you do get chosen for. And those things are meant for you and they are going to serve a greater purpose to you than Sally who maybe lost out a result as a result of you making that team. And that's ultimately because that was not for her. Like something else is out there for her. Um, that was your time to succeed. That was your win to make. And it's going to have greater repercussions in your life than it did for her. Um I think something that I think back on now and I think there's is the greatest lesson that I've learned from that whole experience is that not long after I didn't make that team the second time I I tried to keep rowing I tried to um I think it's a little different because after high school you know going into university and and the winter following the end of my season the 
the time when I didn't make the team, the winter following that, I tried to keep rowing um, and I'm not going to blame it on any situation other than my will to keep going had just completely run out. You know, I had held this, this, I had held the goal of making this team as my one true motivation, my one true inspiration, my one true thing that got me through the difficult times. And when I no longer had that, it was really difficult to draw inspiration from anything else. You know, nothing could be held up against that and be as much of an energy source as achieving that team was. And so I really struggled to continue to keep rowing and to continue showing up and continue um, working hard for that. When I, I didn't have a goal, um, I sort of felt like I was in a bit of a free fall after that because I didn't really have anything else that was motivating me quite the same and that was ultimately my choice to continue not rowing that wasn't at all because of the selectors not choosing me that was because I couldn't come up with another motivation to continue going to continue rowing and I think when I look back now you know like I, I live in London and so I live near the Thames and I see rowers going up and down there all the time and every time I see them, I'm like, will I row again? Like, will I, will that be something that I do again? Um, because I pretty much quit after um, after I didn't make that team. You know, it was about eight months, six months later, but I did ultimately quit. And um, for a long time, I sort of blamed that massive failure as being the sort of roadblock that I that I reached, and I wasn't strong enough to get over it and keep going. But that's something that I. I think regret is a really strong word because I'm not like beating myself up over it but I do think back and I'm like oh I wish I wish I gave it one more shot you know I wish I didn't let that be the end for me you know I think that um I think that's it's a lot it's more difficult to to it's it's still a bit sad I think when I see rowers out rowing on the Thames I'm a bit like sad because I think that if I'm honest with myself I did give up a little bit because it was just too much of a failure to digest and to handle when I was 18 um and very impressionable on the world and having had the experience so many times of failing over and over I think I just thought that that was a maybe a message that I just wasn't going to progress past that level that I'd reached within rowing so I don't know whether it was um whether it was the right thing or not, I'm content with that decision now. I don't resent that decision. I don't think, oh, my life could have been so different or so much better if I continued rowing. But um, I think that you ultimately know, you can feel it in your soul, you can feel it in you if you're making the right decision. If you're doing something, if you're quitting or giving up because you think that you've failed too many times, and that you're not capable of succeeding within this area, I think that that would be a huge mistake. Giving up because you no longer see that... Giving up because you've failed too many times is, I would say, one of the worst reasons to give up something. You know, you can give up something because you have family matters that are more important or 
or it's harming other people, it's harming you, it's making you deeply unhappy, you know, those are actually kind of valid reasons to give up. But I think giving up because you've experienced failure too many times is like, I mean, Google failure, Google inspirational videos on failure, and you will be told over and over and over that failure is the way to succeed. There, Jim Carrey said that you can fail at something you don't love, so you may as well try at something you do love. And I think that that's so important because people will always... T- and he sort of tells the story that his dad took a safe job instead of being a comedian. And then ultimately, a few years down the track, the safe job, he was fired from the safe job. And so his family ended up in the situation that he they may have ended up with if his dad had chosen to pursue a career in comedy, which was his, his love, which is what he wanted to do. Um, and they ultimately ended up at the same position, regardless of whether he chose something he loved or the safe option. And so that the message there is like, you can fail at doing absolutely anything. You can fail at, and you will fail at most things that you try, because in order to get good at something, you have to be bad at it first. And being bad at something is usually you're going to fail at stuff, you know. Um, I think that's something that's so important to me now that I'm just trying something new. You know, podcasting is not something that is that is that is normal someone said to me the other day that it's such like I'm just sitting in a room by myself doing a monologue like it's not normal at all I was definitely going to fail and I'm going to continue failing at this new thing that I've tried I'm going to continue failing and every time I try to do something new I'm probably going to fail at it the first time there was so many great things that came out of it I learned so much when I was 18 years old when I was 13 years old when I was 10 years old if I had shied away from trying anything new or trying to make a team or trying to be chosen for a team or trying to get the job I wanted or trying to trying to do anything if I had given up the first time I failed then I would not be sitting here there's absolutely no way I would be sitting here recording myself with a microphone and sharing it publicly if I had not experienced that level of failure when I was younger you know I would I would have had one thought about making a podcast and been like, absolutely not. If it goes wrong, humiliating, embarrassing, I wouldn't have had that experience. I wouldn't know how to, that once you experience that failure, that you will, life will continue on, that lifetime will just keep ticking by. You will be forced to pick yourself up, put yourself back together, like mourn a bit. You know, I mourned not making the junior team. I mourned it for like two years. <laughs> like I, I couldn't even talk about it with people, um, and I would cry. I would cry. I couldn't talk about it with people and and without crying, because it elicited so much intense emotion within me, and it just transported me back to being eighteen years old, and failing and not making that team. Um, that it was so difficult for me to talk about, but now I can look back on it, and it's one of the greatest experiences I've had because of all the things that it's taught me. Um, and I think most people, I hope that you, that you look back on the failure that you've experienced in your life and you feel the same way, you know? You, you are like, wow, God, that was so intense. That was so difficult. That was so embarrassing. That was so, that knocked my confidence on a cellular level. Like I was, you know, on the floor when that happened, but... I moved on and I got picked myself up and I'm better for it. Try again, try something new, 
be kind to yourself. Like if you need time to mourn the failure, then do that. But ultimately pick yourself up and keep going. You owe yourself that. You owe yourself the opportunity to find success no matter what it is. I really hope that this has found you well. You're capable and you're completely capable of achieving what you want to achieve. If you don't actually know right now what it is that you want to achieve, just keep moving forward, keep trying new things. I hope that if you're going through a massive failure right now, (laughs) my heart goes out to you. I have been there. I hope this makes you feel better hearing me list failures. It's definitely going to be one of those episodes that I that I like hesitate before pressing publish on because it's humiliating um but I think only good things can come from it you know only good things can come from me sharing my most heart-wrenching embarrassing moments of failure um so that's my intention so if you're listening on Spotify Apple Music then click follow so then you get notifications when I post a new episode I hope you enjoyed so Thank you.